0: Hi, I want to thank you for joining us today. And you may wonder why uh, Why have we made a series of talking about three men? Um, so I, I have a good forgetter and I've earned the right at almost 90 to forget. <laughs> but uh, what I want to uh, share that. What's been a real blessing is the scripture says, those who walk with wise men are wise. And why not walk with people in the past who had a deep walk with God and their lives affected multitudes of people uh, they touch for the Lord. So that's why we did this little study. And it doesn't mean that there's not more, but these are each of these three men had a real specific touch in my life. When I get to heaven, I'm going to have to probably get a ticket, stand in line to talk to them. But I'm looking forward to seeing them in person. And the one that we're picking today was another missionary to China. And it was uh, Jonathan Goforth. And he was a Canadian that went to school in Toronto. Now, when I... uh, if you see pictures of Jonathan go for it. Um most of them, he's has white hair and a white beard. And uh, even when he was younger, he had a beard. Um, he is not an imposing figure. Neither was Hudson Taylor. Uh, it's amazing because you think these guys would be like football quarterbacks, you know, big mammoth. Guys, but I'll tell you, um, they were so connected with God, they had unbelievable power uh, when they spoke and God used them mightily. But I want to share with you uh, the life verse of Jonathan Goldforth, the verse that that he would say would summarize his life. And that is Zachariah medicine. It is in the Bible, but you probably haven't read it very often. It's in the Old Testament, and it's uh, chapter 6 and verse 4. Not by might, nor by power, uh, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And that's so true of these men because they were not... uh, physically dynamic, but spiritually powerful, powerful men uh, for God. Now, I'd like to uh, share something about Jonathan Goforth, where he and Hudson Taylor had in common. And that is they were evangelists their whole life. Uh, And people that have, strong evangelistic tendencies. I wonder sometimes if it was not a gift because you don't understand them. Uh, And I can say that uh, uh, about my son. He didn't make sense. Uh, He had such a burden for the loss as a very small kid. I mean, a toddler. He had a burden for the loss. He was always concerned about the loss. Uh, always, daddy, we, we we need to talk to them about Jesus. He was just like coming out of the small kid. It just wasn't normal. Um, the our, our daughters would say he was different. He was really different. He go yeah, he went to kindergarten and came home and told me he was really sad because there were kids in kindergarten didn't know Jesus, and so now could he went him to Christ, and he led his first older Christ in kindergarten, and that went all the way through school. So Jonathan Goldforth was the same way Hudson Taylor was the same way people did not understand them I did not understand my son. I was not the soul winner. He was he put me to shame uh, He would just see people and 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 wondered if they were lost And he wanted to tell them about Jesus and it made no difference who they were You know when we hold him and he could talk he would talk to people about Jesus. I'm going you know, I'm going to get slug kid. <laughs> You're going to talk to the wrong person. Are you going to hell, kid? <laughs> anyway, but I understand. Uh, and I, to me, these men were gifted. It was, it was not the same. We're all to share Christ, but some seem to have an anointing of God. Billy Graham had an anointing of God. Well, Jonathan Edwards. When he went to Bible school in Toronto, the students made fun of him because he was so burdened for the lost. And he would go to the poor area, like Hudson Taylor told you about going to Drysdale or whatever it was, the horrible place there. And Jonathan Edwards did the same thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Go for it. Edwards is a good guy. Yeah, exactly. I didn't change horses in the middle of the stream. I'm sorry. I got people here saying, well, see, I've earned the right at 90 years old to forget even where I am. <laughs> it, but anyway, uh, he the, the students didn't understand why would he spend so much time with the poor? I mean, after all, he's in Bible school, he should enjoy Bible school and that kind of thing, but that's not who he was. He was very concerned about the lost. And in Bible college... Uh, uh, the Hudson Taylor Group put a man in the United States to represent their mission, China Inland Mission, in United States and Toronto, and he heard him. And he was going to be a missionary, but when he heard him about millions of people that had no knowledge of who Jesus was, no knowledge at all, never been reached with the gospel, and millions of people going to hell, he knew that's where he needed to go. And so he was set on fire to go. And so Jonathan Goldforth went to China. Well, before he went, there was a young lady who was going to a liberal church and she wanted to be an artist. And she was gonna go to Europe and study at one of the big art things. And it was, her name was (laughs) Rosalind. fact, I think Rosalind is her middle name, but Rosalind Goforth uh, became, Rosalind became his wife. And when he married her, um, he told her, he said, if you marry me, you cannot hinder me going on evangelism and going out evangelizing. You gotta be committed that you're willing to let me go, whatever the cost to win the loss i mean he was really strong he just laid it right out this is i mean he loved her but getting the message out God had called him to do that that had to be first and then his marriage second uh god first and she was for it and so they got married uh, they were on their honeymoon uh in fact their honeymoon was a boat trip to china uh they got to china Finally, um, they got to where they were going, um, they, the Hudson Taylor people helped them because they were going in an the area there was no missionaries there ever. So they're going in a new area. That meant they were going to have to learn the dialect, the Chinese dialect, and all of that. And out of nothing began to have a ministry. And uh, they rented a ramshackled house. And this is what grabbed me about, about them as I was reading. Because, yeah he, he was a soul winner at Bible school. I know what that's like. I was in Bible school and we'd go out soul winning. I knew all of that. But here he is in China. And all of a sudden, everything they brought is in this house. And the house caught on fire. And everything that they brought to China burnt up. Could not be replaced. They're way out nowhere. I mean, they're in nowhere in China. And it could not be bought or replaced. And Rosalind began to wring her hands. And, uh, you know, what are we going to do? Our clothes, everything. It's gone. And Jonathan Goffert reached over and touched her and said, Rosalind, it's only things. I'm going, it's only things. <laughs> if my house was burning to the ground and I could buy stuff down at another place, I would still be wringing my hands in a mess. <laughs> I'm going, I got to read this book. Now, this is what an introduction to this book. What, what is this? This is not normal to have such a love for the Lord that to lose everything and no way to replace it. Uh, and that, and just say, well, God knows. You know, we're just trusting Him. And that was Jonathan Goforth, and I knew I got to know this guy. Well, <clears throat> I went through his life in China. I want to share uh, a few things because you really need to buy the book. It's called The Goforths of China, and I'm sure you can probably. I know it's still available somewhere in paperback, but it's. It's worth getting, it's worth reading. There are other books that Rosalind wrote this, but she wrote one, not by my, but by my spirit, basically on her husband. And then she wrote a couple of books on her own life. And Marguerite, my wife loved them. One I think was called Climbing. And it was the different, like losing everything and how she had to walk and draw closer to God and all this stuff. Well, <clears throat> Anyway, they they finally get settled. He begins to learn Chinese, but he's got a problem. And it would be, it was devastating to him. He would, I, I, I never saw in her writings that he was ever like really down, discouraged sometimes, but this was really down. And he told her that the Chinese did not like hearing him preach. And so they go on these preaching tours and they would listen to some of the men he had taught to preach and they like him, but he was not smooth. His Chinese was like disconnected and difficult. And he's told her, he's, you know, Rosalind, what are we going to do? I just can't seem to make it. Uh, the people don't, I mean, they'll walk away after a while. They just, the crowd leaves. They can't even hear the message because I'm not right. And so they prayed and he asked God because he knew. I mean, he had studied. Studying wasn't going to do it anymore. I mean, he knew the vocabulary and all, but somehow it just didn't flow. And the Chinese just lost interest in what he was talking about. And he prayed. And when he preached, the people didn't leave. He just depended on the Lord. See, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so the Lord just gave him the ability to preach the word and the Chinese begin to love it and so on. And so we come to a time in China that is really bad. Did you ever find out the number of people? Mm-hmm. OK, okay. Uh, Paul's going to look but uh, they were in China and they were in a very bad place for the Boxer Rebellion. And they were so far north, they were so far away from any major place that in order for safety, they were gonna have to start traveling with the family because the Boxer Rebellion uh, had to do with, um, in fact, in the book he writes, and I, I read it, and I said, he's right, right on because I've done more studying of the Boxer Rebellion. Uh, but there is a, a book on the Boxer Rebellion called "A Thousand Miles of Miracles," and that was written by Hudson Taylor's group. Is their people were leaving from all over, and how God? Now they didn't all make it. Uh, there was the Stams; uh, uh, they were murdered uh, during the bo- Boxer Rebellion. Anyway, all they had to do, uh, they had four children at that time that were, they already had three that died. So they had four children uh, with them and they were taking a little bit of stuff that they could to flee the boxers. And they had to go many, many, many miles. And they were, she had three children. She had the baby in her arms and two little kids and Jonathan, I think, had the son called Paul with him and the people attacked them. Sometimes the crowds were over a thousand people and they wanted to take anything off. And she was on a, a wheel or a, a cart with no springs. They, they said that the, the, it was horrible to ride on because every bump, every whatever, wooden wheels, wooden carts uh, on rough boards. And uh, so she, they put a, a blanket down or something to sit on so that would be just on the wood boards. But everything else, they ripped off and took it. They tried taking the baby out of her arms to kill him. She's holding on this baby. The people are trying to rip the baby out of her arms. And this is what they went through it, in the Boxer Rebellion. It was horrible stuff. Uh, they even stole her shoes off of her because she's holding the baby, so they took her shoes. And so here she's barefoot, so she gets out, she has to walk barefoot out of when they try to get somewhere. But it's interesting reading. Um, the, <laughs> this says that this this uh, is, will keep you spellbound <laughs> when you read what they went through in that box of rebellion. And um, one time, before they left, I wanted to read this to you to give you an idea of this man's spirituality. But uh, he got, they got together and they were going to go. Uh, some of the Chinese were not going to go, but people that were working with them and so on were going to be going. And so he read, called everybody in the room for prayer. My husband took from his pocket Clark's spiritual promises and began reading from where the book opened. The passage that he read is this. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and thou shalt say, destroy them. The God of Jacob is a refuge. Thou art my help, my deliverer. Make no tearing, O my God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. The Lord thy God will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, fear not, I will help thee. If God be for us, who can be against us? We may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. See, never indeed was there a more timely message given to mortal man than these words given to us at that time and so they left and as they were going and went uh, and uh, jonathan got uh, a guy tried to behead him and but he had one of those helmets those white helmet things that they wore and it went through that but it cut his neck and was stabbed in the arm and uh, a chinese Guy out of the crowd says, I have some grace stuff I'll bring. It'll stop the bleeding, or he would have bled to death. And they put that all around. Uh, wherever they would go into an inn in the courtyard, the people would gather. Um, uh, you, you have to read it. But I mean, this was just a horrible time because it's just, what are you going to do? They had, what are you doing? You only have God's promises and you try to go. And they were going out early one morning and they took the wrong road if they had taken the right road they would all been killed but in the dark they took the wrong road god was leading them the wrong way for their safety but anyway uh, the gophors are wonderful reading but i have more to tell you Um, they the sad part of the whole story they went home after the Boxer Rebellion just to be healed, go forth, carry scars from uh, what he went through. Um, the the baby was never taken out of the mother's arms but she held on to him you know they tried to to steal her child to kill it. You know to go through all of that and they went back to Toronto and then they got well Jonathan went back To china because they want to open up now more stations to preach the gospel and so on and so he he tells his wife to come and she goes and joins him in the ministry there uh i could go on and on but i want to tell you the rest of the story the rest of the story is even better (laughs) than what i've told you uh but if you read the book you'll say oh these people are something else. I can hardly wait to see them see him in heaven give them a hug you know, what you were willing to go through to get the gospel when I, I I don't know if I want to go to church it's kind of missing out there, <laughs> you, know? there you all the struggles and you almost, you almost killed again and again. I mean they went through terrible things. Well I was pastoring a church in Tacoma, Washington and uh, I don't know how but someone said, Do you know that Mary Goforth, the first daughter that lived, is in the next town, a retired missionary from your church? I said, you're kidding. It's like saying that uh, one of the disciples, Peter's down there. I got to go. So I went to see Mary and talked to her, and I was so thrilled uh, to meet her. She was everything I expected, just plain quiet, unassuming, but loved Jesus and gave her whole life to serve him. And she went through the boxer rebellion, in that cart with her mom. Well, anyway, um, I said, Mary, we're having a special event in our church and we don't have a speaker. Would you be willing to come and speak about what it was like to be the daughter of Jonathan and Rosalind Goforth? Because they were very well known. Her books were Sold everywhere. Women loved her books because what she went through, you know, how did she overcome this? And how was the Lord able to help her here and there? was such a light. Like my wife loved it. She marked it. She said, this is my book. <laughs> she marked it. Uh, so Mary came and she said, you know, I have slides of my dad's work. I'd like to show you. They're over 100 years old. And uh, we're almost 100 years old. And I said, oh, slides, I'd love to see. Well, what happened, the Gulf War story is really sad. Uh, When they finally retired as missionaries, the, the churches that they were more associated with had kind of changed their doctrinal positions. And so he no longer really fit. And so they asked him not to speak in the churches. So Harry he comes back from China, and he's really not allowed to share the gospel or their story because he's a gospel guy. I mean he's an evangelist. that's just who he is, and greatly used of God. So he and to me, this is one of the things was that grabbed me about them is disappointments. If you read the book and just make note of the disappointments, how do you handle disappointments? Like, I mean, just the, the they came to give the gospel to these people and they're trying to kill them and steal their, and kill their children. You know, that's kind of disappointing. Uh, I mean, I may not be the most popular pastor, but I never feared for my life in the parking lot of my congregation. Uh, anyway, they, they, here they are. Really, really a godly couple. And the Keswick, I'm not sure I'm saying, Keswick. Okay, the Keswick movement was started in England, but also they have a camp in New Jersey. And I was at that camp. Now, don't ask. I tried to figure out. Even today, I was thinking, why was I at that camp? Was I a speaker? Um, I didn't, you know, I wouldn't go from all across the United States to go camping at a camp I'd never been at. So I was there for some reason. Uh, Maybe I was a speaker, but anyway, I was at that camp. But that movement was calling people to abide and to be godly. You know, really, just to spend that time with the Lord. It was trying to get Christians back into really pursuing godliness and holiness and purity of life and really taking a stand for righteousness and that kind of thing. And they asked him and his wife to if they would be the head of it. They needed uh, directors of uh, a, a worldwide director, and they qualified. You you, re- you read the books. You're saying yeah, they qualify. Uh, godly people, and responded wonderfully to the disappointments in life. They saw them as God's appointments. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> they prayed about it and they to me i'm going oh it makes sense i know what that movement's like and they really fit that movement Uh, but they said no god did not free them to do so and it was really of god that they didn't go he's now nearly blind he's got snow white hair a white beard and Chiang Kai-shek is fleeing China. The communists are driving him out. And they needed someone to evangelize these cities before they turned communist. And they asked Jonathan Goforth would he go? So here is this man, nearly blind, but he ha- he knows the scriptures. You wouldn't know. I mean, he's opens the Bible and just... Brodal's off chapters and chapters uh, led him there, and his daughter had the slides of these revivals. And you would see, in fact, there's some pictures in this book. Probably a thousand soldiers or more that would come forward because they knew here they're 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 fleeing, they're moving from city to city, being driven out of China, and and who's the guy that's with them, the Moses with Jonathan Gopher, And that's even greater. He led more people to Christ at the end of his life and blind than probably ever did. And and the people just loved him to death. And so when Mary came, I had some questions for her. And I told the story about the house burning down and uh, her mother wringing her hands. And she, she said, well, Dr. Logan, I need to tell you something. My mother lost everything, but the clothes on her back five times in her lifetime. See, do you want to be used of God? You know, they don't want to be godly. It isn't always wonderful. And this couple went through unbelievable stuff. So I asked Mary another question. I said, Mary, your dad, was such a godly man and such a man of of the word of God. What was his secret? What do you think was his secret to his godliness? Because China is not the easiest place to even study the Bible. I mean, everything's so much harder to do. Just plain stuff is hard to do. Uh, And she said, well, Dr. Logan, that's a good question. But she said, I remember every morning when I would get up and it was still dark, but the sun was just barely coming up. My dad would be sitting by the window, the first sunlight with this Bible open, reading his Bible. I think it was because he was a man of the word. Um, and I was so blessed with Mary and I can't tell you everything. My, I asked my kids, uh, my kids are forced to watch these videos cuz I'll call and say what did you think <laughs> but they remembered they remembered Mary Goforth or, or whatever her name was wasn't Goforth that Mary's the daughter of Jonathan Goforth and how she touched their lives and in our church i mean our church clapped as she shared the story of her mom not her, not her story as a missionary but the story of growing up in china and what they went through to bring the gospel to the chinese um i just um i trust you'll be blessed i trust you go back and read hudson taylor's spiritual secrets uh, a man that probably he, he and Jonathan Goldworth are the two men when you think of China being evangelized, that'd be these two men who paid an unbelievable price to take the gospel to the Chinese. Uh, and anybody in in fact, a lot of the people in Formosa that you know left, they fled, and where could they go? They went to Formosa. If you talk to them, their parents or grandparents were led to Christ by Jonathan Edwards. They're Christians. I mean Jonathan. Go forth. I don't know why I'm getting his name mixed up. Um, um, anyway, um, now I mixed up. Uh, I'm sorry I had his name wrong. But his his legacy is still going on because you lead someone to Christ. Their families lead Christ on and on and on. So if you have someone in your family, a child or whatever that is burdened for the lost, which is unique because you have other kids. So, you know, this This isn't everybody in the family, but they seem to have that heart, uh, a special heart for God and a special love for the unsaved. Encourage them all the you can to be able to develop that love and to be used of God. Well, Let's pray. Father, I just am so thankful that you have allowed men and women, and we haven't even talked about the godly women that are out there, uh, men and women who walked with you and either they wrote a book or someone wrote about them and we can walk with them. And you said, he that walks with wise men and wise women are wise. What was their secret? What was the key why did god so use them why did their life so touch so many people for christ and you will find that they were men and women of the word they were in scripture and so father may we be in your word and not just read a little devotional thing and and say that's it but we would have some quality time to be able to spend time reading your word and asking that that word would penetrate my life, my values, my thinking. Uh, Lord, we thank you that you said your word would not return void. It will accomplish the purpose for which you gave it. And so I pray that you'd richly bless anyone who watches this video and is challenged by the go force and by hudson taylor and by some are saying to be men and women of the word in jesus name amen